Well, good evening. My name is Daniel Coffey, and I'm a ministry resident here at Wellspring, as well as a deacon postulant, and it is an honor to bring the Word of God to us tonight. This is the night. This is the last night that Jesus, the Son of God, got with his 12 beloved disciples. And what does the Son of God do on the last night that he gets to share with his disciples before he goes to the cross? He does two things. He takes bread and wine and he gives it to them to feed their hungry souls. And he washes their feet. This is what the Son of God does in the last hours that he gets with his disciples. This is the night. This is Monday, Thursday. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus loves you so much. Jesus loves us so much because he loves us in our places of emptiness and uncleanness. We live in a world that conditions us that we are lovable and acceptable for where we're gifted, for where we're special, for where we're competent, for where we perform well. And God being a good father, I think he delights in us for those uniquenesses as well. But if it were only that, we would end up with legalism. Try harder, be good. And where the love of Jesus is so different from the love of the world is that he loves us in our places of emptiness and uncleanness. This is the truth of Monday Thursday. This is the last night Jesus gets with his disciples and it is the Passover. That ancient Jewish holiday where over a feast of bread and wine, the whole Israelite nation would celebrate hundreds of years ago how they were redeemed from heavy oppressive slavery in Egypt. And so Jesus gathers his disciples in an upper room. It would have been a small room, probably just room for the 12 of them and Jesus. And they wouldn't have sat around a table with chairs like we would have, but in, in, in the ancient Near East, they would have reclined on cushions around a low table, leaning on one arm, eating food with the other, their feet radiating outward in a circle, their heads in the middle. Can you see it? an intimate candlelit room, <laughs> a smell of roasted lamb in the air, fresh baked bread and good wine. But Jesus changed the liturgy for this night. You see, he took bread and he said, this is my body given for you. Take and eat of it, all of you. And then he took the cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. He's not talking about liberation from Egypt anymore. Jesus makes a new covenant tonight. He takes the cup and says, this is my blood. Drink of it, all of you. And whenever you do, do this in remembrance of me. I wonder what was going through the disciples' mind that night. <laughs> It was just a few days ago that Jesus was, was ushered into Jerusalem with cries of Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But Jesus has kept talking about a death. He's kept 
mentioning things that don't sound like Hosanna. Jesus is the new king. He's here to kick out the Romans. And so I wonder what was going through the disciples' minds that night as they shared bread and wine. I wonder what they were thinking. Well, most of the way into supper, probably toward the end of it, by the sounds of John's gospel, Jesus gets up to wash his disciples' feet. You see, it was customary in ancient times that when when a dinner party was held, all the guests' feet would be washed. Because you see, people didn't drive cars in these days. The, The main mode of transportation was to walk dirty, dusty roads in sandal clad feet. And so if you've ever hiked in Chacos and you think you got a nice tan, and then you take a shower and you're like, oh man, that was dirt. You're getting close. (laughs) You're getting close to what these 13 stinky men's feet would have smelled like. But it was worse. Because you see, these roads were not only walked by humans, they were shared with pack animals who have a common disregard for where they do their business. And so their feet would have stunk. Even if they would have taken a bath that morning, they had to walk to the upper room and their feet would have smelled awful. It was customary for the lowest person on the totem pole in the household, usually a Greek slave or the youngest able child, not even a Jewish slave was required to wash feet. Only a Gentile slave was required to wash feet in the household. Not even a Jewish slave. So it was common for them to do this most humbling of jobs. It was common for disciples to wash the feet of their rabbis, their teachers. It was a humbling act, like taking out the trash. A humbling act. And it was also an intimate act. It was something that wives would commonly do for their husbands. It was not reciprocal. It's different times. (laughs) But it was a humbling act and an intimate act. And Jesus lets all of supper go by. Normally the foot washing happens on the front end. Jesus lets all of supper go by to give the disciples every chance. (laughs) Would anyone do this job? No. Not one of them stepped up to do this. In fact, Luke tells us in his gospel that a dispute arose among them as to who was the greatest. I mean, if you were Jesus, can you imagine? Guys, this is my last night. Can we just not? (laughs) And I wonder if that dispute arose because they were trying to figure out who's going to wash the feet. Because they're laying on the ground around a common table, which means your feet are kind of in the next guy's face. That's fodder for an argument. (laughs) And so on Jesus' last night with his disciples, an argument arises among them as to who's the greatest. And Jesus, the son of God, he doesn't shame them. He takes off his nice robe and lays it aside. And he ties a towel around his waist. Just like how 33 years before that, he took off his divinity, Jesus, the eternal son of God. 
relinquished every right to divine power and authority and took up frail human flesh to fill our emptiness and to wash our dirty feet. And so Jesus takes off his robe and puts on a towel and goes one by one around the table. Can you see it? (laughs) Jesus moves from the middle of the room to the outside, ties the towel around him, pours water into a basin, and then one by one, (laughs) he takes his beloved disciples' feet and he puts them in the bowl. And I can just see him lovingly rubbing his disciples' feet clean. A humble, a menial, and an intimate job. One by one, he goes around the table until he gets to Peter. God bless Peter, the man who dares to say what most of us only dare to think. He says, it says in verse six, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. (laughs) The Greek emphasizes not into eternity of eternity. God forbid that the son of God should wash my feet. But Peter said to him, uh, but Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share in me. How embarrassing for the disciples. (laughs) Everyone thought this job was beneath them and then their teacher, their Lord, the Christ, says it's not beneath me. I will give myself to to fill your emptiness and I'll wash your dirty feet because this is what love looks like. This is the love of God that transforms the human heart but it scandalizes human pride (laughs) because Jesus is the only one willing to do what we couldn't or wouldn't do for ourselves. You see, Jesus this night is not just feeding empty bellies and washing dirty feet. This is a new covenant that Jesus enacts. And in great love, He doesn't just feed empty bellies, but he says, this is my body and my blood given for you. He is filling empty souls. Brothers and sisters, we have empty souls because we are meant to be filled with the life of God, aren't we? Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, Jesus. This is where every addiction comes from, every idol Every sin, every injustice is because the human soul is made to be filled with the infinite. And so when we try to fill it with the finite, we can't get enough. And our souls are ravenous. And only when we let the Son of God humbly and lovingly give his very body and blood to fill us do we get a taste of eternal life. Only in that moment do we know God. Only when he fills our emptiness do we know eternal life. This is the new covenant that he came to bring.
He did not just come to fill hungry bellies, wash dirty feet, or kick out the Romans. He came to kick out sin, evil, and death from the human heart and to bring salvation to the world. (laughs) This is the new covenant that Jesus makes with his people. And he didn't just come to wash dirty feet. He came to cleanse sin-soaked souls. Jesus loves us in the places that we'd rather nobody see. Jesus loves his disciples that night and he loves us tonight in in the places where we've got skeletons in our closet. In the parts of our personality that we're not proud of. This is the love of God. That in the places we least deserve it, Jesus comes and says, can I cleanse you? Will you let me wash you clean? And he comes with such humility and such tenderness, it would be such an embarrassment but for his tenderness and his love for you and for me such love and he washes us clean in the places that we least deserve it because you see the love of God does not respond to what is beautiful. The love of God initiates and brings life and transformation. This is the salvation that Jesus came to bring. The son of God on the last night that he got with his disciples feeds them bread and wine saying this is my body, this is my blood. Fill your empty soul with it. Be filled with the life of God. And he comes to our sin-soaked souls and says, will you let me wash you clean because I love you? And so I just wanna ask, how does your heart respond when Jesus comes around the table to your feet? when he not only sees that part of your life that you'd rather forget about, but when he tenderly pours water into the basin and sticks your feet in and begins rubbing you clean and cleansing you in great love, how does your heart respond? (laughs) Does it recoil like Peter? Does it comment? Does it say, no, Lord, any, anything but this? Or will you let his love in, in those places where we least deserve it? How does your heart respond tonight? To your Savior who loves you intimately, humbly, tenderly, there is no room here for a polite distance. <laughs> Jesus, the son of God, knows too much about your life and mine for there to be any room for that. But his heart is drawn in love to our emptiness and to our uncleanness. Only a dearly beloved child could expect to go and play out in the yard and jump in the puddles and dig in the mud and get get dirt all over himself and be called for dinner with an empty belly and a mud-stained shirt and shorts and come running into the house and expect joy (laughs) to meet him or her. 
Only a dearly beloved child could expect that. Yet that is precisely the response of our Savior when we come to him, bellies empty, souls dirty. Joy is his response because we are his beloved children. This is Maundy Thursday. And Jesus is here tonight to minister to you and to me. Will you come? Will you come?